0: Maturity is learning to walk away from people and situations that threaten your peace of mind, self-respect, values, morals, or self-worth. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining us, welcome. Thanks for giving us a shot. You can subscribe to the Wisdom Worth Knowing Podcast on all the major social networks, including Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. You can also uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If you like what you hear, make sure you uh, share as well. And uh, make sure you leave that little like button because that helps the show grow. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days for a limited time. Just sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's a u d i b l e dot wisdomworthknowing dot org, and sign up right now. Maturity is learning to walk away from people and situations that threaten your peace of mind, self-respect, values, morals, or self-worth. As always, this, as always, this quote is selected by the community at the uh, Facebook page based on the feedback and response I get from various posts I put on the page. And this one is uh, particularly great uh, because it does cover a wide array of topics. And I'm kind of excited to, to unpack this today and we can kind of go into a discussion time if there's anybody at the live chat. So if you're joining me live, feel free to leave comments during the the actual post and then uh, we will cover those at the end of the show so first we really should discuss the topic of maturity because maturity is well let me look up the definition of maturity because i've got my own but let's see how they define it on the internet of webs the state factor period of being mature okay um Wow, these mature these definitions are awful. In psychology, maturity can be operationally defined as the level of psychological functioning one can attain, after which level of psychological functioning no longer increases much with age. So in other words, it, you've reached a point in which you no longer mature, which I think is a terrible definition of mature. So we're going to go ahead and kind of redefine that, or at least try to clearly define that, because that's incredibly vague. <laughs> So maturity, to me, is coming into a whole understanding of yourself and who you are. Um, I don't think it just means mature in a physical sense because our bodies mature, they get to a point in which they don't develop much more. I think, I think in those terms, that definition that they provided was decent. But um, I don't think human beings ever fully mature, uh, in my opinion. I could be wrong on that. I believe we are in a constant state of maturing. There's just too many areas psychologically and mentally that we can still develop for us to be considered wholly mature. But um, I think if we take certain aspects of our life, we can—we we all have a little maturing to do in, in more areas than others. So to me, maturation is kind of reaching the point of our personality and our mental and emotional state coming in line with reality? Because reality is something we don't have any control over. And so we as humans kind of have to reconcile our emotions and thoughts in line with reality. So I believe maturity is when we come into that alignment. And I think this is something that we are constantly battling and, and moving toward. Uh, I don't believe... Anybody has wholly matured. Um, religious discussions aside, but I believe that's a, that's I think I feel like that's a decent definition. Of course, correct me if I'm I'm wrong on that. Because I, as we kind of unpack this quote today, the maturity is learning to walk away from people in situations that threaten your. And then there's a whole list of items. But um, before I kind of go into that part of it, it does say learning to walk away. And a lot of people assume that every kind of conflict we interact with and or situation that crosses our path, we have to confront all the time. And we assume that as adults, then we need to take on every responsibility that crosses our paths. Few people really stop to consider that sometimes the mature approach to a situation is knowing that this situation is not appropriate for us to engage with. And so this learning to walk away part is something that can really only come with experience because we don't always know when it's appropriate for us to engage in a certain situation or with certain people or with certain uh, circumstances. And so at least for me this has always been true i i especially on situations i have no experience it, it is normally my gut response to engage in some way and to try to fix it i guess mentally i'm a fixer and it's only when i've kind of gotten in the dirt with something and then gotten really messy that i realize that maybe this wasn't the best idea for me to get involved in this situation um, the internet's a perfect example of this. I don't know if you've, like me, ever gotten pulled into an internet debate on social media or wherever it might be, and I still this still frequently happens to me. But there's very little in in most cases, not all cases, but it's very difficult for a conversation on the internet that is somewhat heated and controversial to become to be beneficial or persuasive. And so a lot of times you end up just getting pulled into the mud and then both of you end up getting dirty and very few people benefit in most cases, not all cases, of course. I think having conversations is, is important. I think that's actually a, a cornerstone of a, a healthy democracy is to have conversations But that's just the thing. Are we having conversations? Are we just derailing our conversations into insults and uh, drive-by messaging? Again, like I said, I also struggle with this. So unless you kind of get pulled into those situations and and you've gotten really dirty and then afterwards you're like, wow, that was really not constructive. It's really hard to kind of navigate knowing when it's appropriate to walk away unless you have some experience in the area of it kind of boomeranging on you or blowing up in your face and so this maturity often is a messy process or this maturation is often a messy process of failure and realizing what you could have done better and then kind of the next time you identify a situation you make the conscious decision that you know what i've done this before it never ends well I probably shouldn't do it again. So this, this walking away process, I genuinely believe, does require a level of experience. And unless we're actually engaging with the people and situations around us, like the quote kind of talks about, unless we're actually engaging with those people and situations, it's hard to cultivate the experience to know when it's appropriate to engage and not to engage. You know, we can, we can through experience, better define the terms of engagement and some things are just a weakness for us. Like, some things are a weakness for me. Like, there's certain topics that kind of trigger me, you know, to, to use a, a culturally hot word right now. That kind of uh, kind of pull me into a, an unhealthy situation at a higher rate than other things. So there are certain subject matter and topics that will be a temptation for me to engage in that aren't necessarily the best. So knowing our temptations is also kind of a good thing. Having that self-awareness that this topic I may get too emotional about. And it will derail quickly. And this is really where things like we talk about on the show where boundaries become incredibly useful. We start to set boundaries with certain subjects, certain topics. In order to get to the second part of this quote, which is, there are certain situations in people who threaten our peace of mind. Our self respect, our values, our morals, our self worth. But first, we need to know what it is. We need to define what peace of mind looks like for us. We need to know what self respect, in order to have self respect, we need to know what our self is. You know, we have to at least have an identity in which we've cultivated certain values that we find important to us that we demand respect for like we take certain stances on issues and maybe they're not always the right stance but they're a stance you know and and we need to define those for ourselves so that when somebody crosses that line it's like well no that that person screaming at me is disrespectful to me like we all need that that personal definition of what it means to be respectful And we all have kind of certain limits and thresholds with that. Um, Because self-respect is also one of those things where we always are trying to balance grace, which means that we just kind of accept people as flawed and sometimes they're going to hurt us on accident as like collateral damage of being human. And so we have to accept a level of disrespect because that's just giving people grace. But then there's other levels in which people are consistently being disrespectful towards us. And we're like, okay, well, then now we may need to set a boundary with this person. Maybe we need to walk away from this person. Or maybe there's certain situations that violate our level of respect. And we just need to walk away from those situations. Because they continually have a history of violating our terms of engagement on that level. It's very hard to have a constructive conversation with somebody when they tend to, they trend toward Yelling and screaming and insulting and labeling, for example. Before we continue to unpack this, wisdom worth knowing is brought to you by Audible. If you're like me and you love to read but don't have the time because Audible audiobook, I don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or. Expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out, because you listen to this show for a limited time, you can get instant access to thousands, that's right, thousands of audiobooks, thousands of hours, tens of thousands of hours. From Audible's Premium Plus catalog, completely free, just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial. That's right, for 30 days you get full access to the Audible Premium Plus catalog as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life and they may change yours too. Pause this podcast and head over to Audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org and sign up for this limited time, 30-day, no commitment necessary j- deal. So there are certain people and situations that threaten our peace of mind, our self-respect, our values. What are our values? Do we hold on to anything as, as not absolutes because absolutism is a dangerous concept. There are certain things that we can hold close to absolute because in our experience they've they've been so consistently true that it's hard to question it. Do we have anything like that in our lives that we hold? There's there's no flaw in absolutism on in this sense. It's unquestioned and unfettered absolutism that, that becomes, or unquestionable absolutism that becomes dangerous. But values and morals on this front, and, and morality, by the way, is just an expectation of behavior from others that we expect done to ourselves. So having... Consistent morals and values is like, in my opinion, a a in my experience too. It's like a survival mechanism. We don't have absolutes in terms of values and morals because we want to be judgmental toward others. We have absolutes and values towards and morals so that we can be consistent in our behavior, and we can have a mutual understanding between the people we engage with. I think that the subject of morality and and individual values have been incredibly politically hijacked in our culture at this moment in history. And maybe it's always been this way. But um, values and morals that we hold consistently... I don't. I'm care, trying to be careful with my wording here because I don't want to. I don't want people to fall into the trap of having like, no, this is the way people should always be in their heads. But I want people to think of values and morals. in in terms of statistical consistency. <laughs> Not to sound too geeky, but in the majority of situations, the this behavior and this. Basic decency is always true. And we can point to things that are obvious to us, just, just so we can kind of have a mutual agreeing on this. Like things like not stealing is a consistent moral good. Now, of course, there are fringe exceptions to this rule, but in the majority of cases, theft is bad. Um, same thing with with murder, right? There are circumstances in which You know, like war and self-defense. There's obviously a small segment of circumstances in which uh, murder is is not, is justifiable. But for the most part, it's bad, right? Um, Screaming at somebody at the top of your lungs. There's some circumstances in which this behavior is justifiable, but in most cases, it's not but having a an internal that one's a little more gray area so i'm i'm kind of actually uh, bad language is another one like uh, if if we hold that basic improper language in conversation is generally not a good habit to get into but of course it's not 100% bad all the time right so especially with comedians right so but having like this inner compass of, of values and morals is good because it at least allows for our us to function in a respectful manner on our day in day outs without constantly thinking about it. You know, it's like you know what I'm going to try to cuss less. That's one of those things that I can I can accept as a a value system or into my value system or my moral compass. Because in most cases, it's not appropriate. Or I'm going to not steal. That's something I can adopt. So, so once we've kind of established our own framework of, of morals and values, then we can, we can cultivate the maturity that has us walk away from the things that threaten that value system. Does, does that make sense? I hope I'm making sense here. Because the maturity is learning to walk away from people in situations that threaten your values and morals means that we we do cultivate boundaries in which we expect of others to be consistent or in line with our morals to a point. And this is important for surrounding ourselves with people who who help build us up. Because we we do want to be around people who don't steal, or don't lie a lot, or don't cheat. Like, we've, we've, if we have this fundamental value system, then we can walk away from people in situations who violate these things, or violate our expectations in those areas. And I I don't think that's a judgmental thing. I think that's like a protection thing. We're like, we know if people don't line up with this consistently, then they're probably not the best for us. Or if they uh, drag us into those behaviors, they may not be the best for us. I hope that makes sense. So then the final part of this, of course, it says things that threaten our self-worth. And this one's a big challenge for a lot of people because we think very little of ourselves. There's actually a chapter in um, Peterson's book, the Twelve Rules for Life book, and um, one of my it's one of my favorite chapters of the book. It's called uh, "Treat like Treat Yourself Like Somebody You Care About." And one of the sections in the book is, "Why don't you just take your dang pills?" And he goes into the whole statistical analysis of how we as humans do such a bad job taking care of ourselves, because we dislike ourselves, because we know ourselves so well, that we are more likely to make sure our pets, this is just a statistical reality about humans, we are far more statistically likely to make sure our pets take their medicine and are taken care of than ourselves. And it's like egregious how, how bad the statistics are on this. This is true even in life or death situations where we have to take medications or people have to take medications for organ donors, where, where it literally is life and death. And, and still they struggle with consistently taking care of themselves. There's a, I think there's a lot of reasons for this. I think a big part of it is that we know ourselves so well that we treat ourselves really poorly. We know our flaws. We know how ugly we are. And for that reason, we don't love ourselves or don't think we deserve love. And so we're more likely to take care of others, and even animals, better than ourselves, because we we tend to devalue ourselves. And so this self-worth portion of this does mean we need to sit down and, and remember that we are flawed humans who are in progress. And that if we are going to be useful to anybody else, not just ourselves, but to anybody else, we need to learn to love ourselves properly first because the way we treat others is a is an, is a spillover of how we value ourselves and love ourselves i know from a religious standpoint this is why i this is one of the reasons i came to believe in christianity because i believe that forgiveness is a cornerstone for this self-love thing i spent an immense amount of time in my youth hating myself and and it's not just forgiveness in the sense of oh please forgive me and God forgives you. I think this this the the for, the unconditional forgiveness offered by Christ, which I was super reluctant to accept early in my relationship with Him. I believe that is a cornerstone of truly loving ourselves. We need to unconditionally forgive ourselves for things. Now I get it, holding on to things and beating ourselves down with them. It will change our behavior, so it's really hard to let go of that because guilt and self-abuse are effective behavior modifiers for us. The problem is, is they come at a cost, and that cost is super deep. It de- generally comes at the cost of our self-esteem and our self-worth. They may alter our behavior But over time, they will crush our self-image. So unconditionally forgiving ourselves, although is scary because we're afraid we're going to continue down a road of bad behavior, does also lead to a road of self-love that eventually can alter our behavior based on love instead of self-abuse. Are you a person who abuses themselves to change your behavior? Again, I was this way for, for a long time. And, and I, I understand the temptation to not let things go that we've done wrong because in our heads, it keeps us in line. But a weird thing happens when we accept this forgiveness is that we, yeah, we will still fall into those behaviors, but our motivations will start to, to shift because it we still know those things or behaviors are bad, but now we can start down a road where we can move away from those behaviors because we love ourselves and we don't want to see ourselves fail instead of beating ourselves into it. You, I don't know. I'm hoping that makes sense. I'm hoping I'm being clear on that. But if, if, if we continually fail at something, it is better not to beat ourselves down to get better at it. It's better to love ourselves into getting better at it. And this is like a whole, for many people, this may be a a full 180 of what we're used to and accustomed to. So maturity is learning to walk away from people in in situations who threaten our peace of mind, self-respect, values, morals, or self-worth. Obviously, we don't want to take this to an extreme and walk away from every single person or situation that threatens our peace of mind, self-respect, values, morals, and worth. It is good to be challenged on a regular basis. But those challenges should line up with our standards that we've set for those conflicts. Those challenges should be in a respectful way. They should be in line with our morals and values. We should not let people just steamroll over us over and over and over again. If those conditions are true, then we should be in a situation in which it's healthy. It's a healthy challenge to our way of life. It's a healthy, healthy threat to our peace of mind, self-respect, values, morals, and self-worth. But these are a lot of terms in which we need to define for ourselves. We, we need to define our terms of engagement. for things that threaten us. And then we have to be willing to set boundaries in certain areas of our life so that we can continue to grow in maturity in those areas. Again, don't insulate completely. That's definitely not good. So, yeah. We're going to go into a A little bit of a discussion time here. Uh, But before we do that, this show is brought to you by Audible. We're listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E.wisdomworthknowing.org. And if you're heading out uh, for the discussion time, that's totally fine. But make sure you like, share, and subscribe on Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble before you go. Um, And also share. It's going to help the show grow. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. So off to the uh, chat. Bradley says, good morning. Good morning, Bradley. Welcome back. Bradley is a regular attendee. I appreciate you being here this morning. Wendy says, good morning. Welcome back, Wendy. Good to have you again. Joy um, puts an emoji on here with a hugging, just a hug, I think. (laughs) Thanks for the hug. And then says, it's not easy, really easy for someone to find themselves. There's, um, on this subject, it, it takes a tremendous amount of self-awareness to have clearly defined ideas of ourselves. And it is it is absolutely not easy, uh, mostly because it's kind of terrifying. Because once we start to open certain corners of our lives, and especially of our hearts, we need to be able to reconcile the darker parts of our personality and our lives and and this is a terrifying prospect for most of us and it's understandable why people avoid it so a lot of times you'll run into situations and you'll see you'll see certain people that have absolutely zero self-awareness and obviously this isn't healthy but the question as to why they have zero self-awareness is, is not a difficult one, in my opinion. I think it's pretty easy to understand why people have no self-awareness, and that's generally because it's easier. <laughs> if you don't stop to consider why you are the way you are or try to set up standards for yourself, then you never have a risk to violate those standards. Uh, there's never a risk of failure if you have no standards. Or morals, and to me, that is um, an easier, short-term way of life. So very few people stop to to really consider it. But it's not necessarily healthy in the long run because you will be at the mercies of outside powers if you do not have that kind of self-sustaining, internal definition of yourself. You will kind of allow outside forces to define you rather than it being defined from within and I'm always saying this because I it's but just it it was it's been me right and there's still areas of my life I allow outside forces to define me and 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 I don't think we'll ever fully like I said at the beginning of the video we'll we'll ever be fully mature you know we'll ever be fully self-aware. Of all of our flaws, but that doesn't mean that it's not a pursuit worth. I don't want to say a pursuit worth pursuing, but I I guess it does. That's, that is kind of what I'm alluding to. It doesn't mean it's not worth pursuing um, because there's a lot of benefits to this self-awareness or, or self-discovery. And and I think a big part of that is self-esteem and self-worth Because we may be terrified to open up those corners of our personality because of what we might find. And there are very, very dark corners of my life. Very dark that I would not want to share with anybody. And I've gone through these corners of my soul that are incredibly dark and they haven't been fully transformed and they may not fully ever be transformed. But being aware of them. And loving myself anyway does bring you into a deeper love of yourself. Like, those things don't surprise me anymore. You know, like when when that darkness comes out of me, when I, when I yell when I shouldn't, or when I judge people when I shouldn't, when I hate, viscerally hate somebody when I shouldn't. Those areas of my personality no longer surprise me. And so my self-esteem isn't really wrapped up in them anymore. So I think there I think there is a lot of value in knowing that. But like I said it's it's not fun to wrestle with these dark corners of yourself because they may never change. There may be part of your personality that never fully change. But I think there's a benefit in it. I think it helps keep us in check when we're aware of our flaws and we've accepted them. Also, if we reach that point of acceptance, we can work on them. You know, if we were like, okay, this is just a part of my personality that's pretty ugly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is a part of me that's really, really ugly, and I need to keep it at arm's length. Or I do need to avoid certain people or situations that will bring out the worst in me. But, but we do need to have that self-awareness in order to be able to make those decisions. Um, it takes a tremendous amount of courage to walk into that part of ourselves and and it's understandable why people don't Stephanie says hi hi Stephanie Uh, says do you believe in ghosts that's an interesting question I'm going to err on the side of no but I do believe that there is a spiritual war at work so i guess it depends on your definition of ghost you show a little ghost emoji on there so that's that's i think ghost in a hollywood sense no but in a spiritual sense yes technically the holy spirit is considered the holy ghost but i do believe that there is a spiritual level to all of the to everything that's going on um but that's a whole different universe that we would have to unpack. <laughs> so I do, I do think a lot of our warfare is a spiritual warfare, but I think there's a lot of cross-sectionality between the spiritual and the psychological. And I I think I think that we're still kind of discovering what that looks like. I think Peterson has done a tremendous job putting into words and psychological theory the spiritual war, um, because I do think that there is a level of narrative. I don't know if you've heard that word before. It kind of floats around a lot in politics, but it's not just in politics, but there's a lot of spirituality in storytelling and narrative that has permeated cultures for thousands of years that we are just now starting to understand. And I think it's only recently we've been able to, in our in our current language, been able to communicate spirituality and connect it with psychology. I think that's a relatively new and revolutionary idea. And I, I feel like Peterson is one of the people who have really popularized it. I think it has been around for a while, but has really allowed for the language in which those ideas can be discussed in a in a way that crosses that that bridges psychology and spirituality together um but i bet you didn't expect that answer to your question when you asked me about ghosts sorry i'm not always that fun <laughs> i'm not always fun to talk to like i tend to overthink things so in a hollywood sense no but in a spiritual sense yes i guess To answer your question. Bradley says, it's not easy to find yourself at all. Most of us don't. And there's certain areas of myself I still do not fully understand. So I think that's normal. Um, And there's still many areas of ourselves. And then there's new things that just come out that I never even knew were there. So I think this is a constant, lifelong process. And Wendy says, thank you for sharing this morning. Thanks for joining, Wendy. Well, we're going to wrap up the episode today. But before I close out, remember... You can like, share, and subscribe on your favorite social network. That is Facebook, Rumble, and YouTube. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Please do that before you leave. Um, it helps the show grow. Hopefully this was beneficial to you. Visit, visit the website at wisdomworthknowing.org. You can connect there. You can also donate if you really like the show and you think it's beneficial. It'll help the show grow as well. But before I head out, remember, maturity is learning to walk away from people and situations that threaten your peace of mind, self-respect, values, morals, or self-worth. So let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing Podcast, and I've been your host, Craig Chamberlain. Have a great day.